Welcome back. I missed you. Welcome back to the Long Distance Love Bombs podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Jeremy Goldberg. Today's episode, whoo-wee, Brian Ellis. This dude, this dude, he's, he's an interesting cat. He's an interesting wise man. Lots of opinions, lots of insights. Whoo! I really thought that we would spend this entire episode talking about meditation and breath work because he that's what he does. He's he's a genius at that. Turns out no. Turns out no. We're just going to swap stories, talk about life, just get down and deep with all kinds of amazing stuff. I mean, we talked for 90 minutes. It felt like it was 10. We talk about vulnerability, triggers, but the, oh, there's so many things. But the one thing that flows through the, through the entire conversation is the concept of radical acceptance. And there's so much juicy stuff in this episode. You're going to love it. Take care. Follow him on all the things. Brian Ellis is a wild man that's definitely going to make you think some things. He might trigger you. He's going to make you feel something in your body. Enjoy. I try to put things in motion. Like yeah. the best I can do is give maybe like a brief outline of something major. Yeah. And I can't do that for a conversation. It just feels to me like tainted in yeah. a way to show up to someone who like we've not met mm-hmm. to show up and be like, okay, this is how I've decided that this future conversation mm-hmm. should go based yeah. on <coughs> who I think this dude is and how I think the audience will respond to that? It just seems so... It's just bullshit. Completely. But then it gets tricky because I'm starting to interview more people who are like strangers that um, I respect or admire that like then my ego is like, no, like this needs to be good. Yeah. And so I battle that versus like, no, it just needs to like be. Yeah. Just needs to be real. Yeah. And I'm more drawn to that. So I feel you. I'm Dude, I got I got thing. nothing planned. We'll just see where this goes. Awesome. Whatever is like exciting to you, whatever feels fun. Great. Yeah. Perfect. It's just like it's your opportunity to use the platform to rant, rave, if you want to use it as fucking Tinder, be my guest. Like Hell whatever yeah. feels good, man. Date uh, me. Date um, date him. I uh it's funny. Are you recording already? I, yeah, I started recording because yeah, previously, awesome. like, awesome. I always forget to start it. Um, just because I, you know, I figure, why not? Just um, dive in. When I started teaching classes, you know, originally it was yoga, which was the first thing that I taught um, before moving into breathwork meditation and things like that. I tried to plan my classes. And the way you're taught, you know, you're supposed to plan your classes, you're supposed to plan your sequences, you're supposed to plan what you're going to say, your little, you know, anecdotes, whatever it may be. It's like, and I'll tell a joke here, and this will be the joke. Exactly. Right? And it, it would destroy my class. It would absolutely destroy my class. I would fail miserably, couldn't remember the sequences no matter how many times I practiced it. You know, you deliver something that's going to be a great philosophical idea that you hope is going to leave an imprint, and you miss the most important thing you were supposed to say, and it's just all jumbled. That's how it's always been for me. So I, I can't, I can't plan ahead. I can't think about what I'm going to say. If I go teach a class, it doesn't matter whether it's 30 people or 300 people. I, I have to just kind of sit there at first and be like, where am I at right now? Yeah. What am I, you know, what's my space right now? 
and that's where I got from. So, like, how do you deal with the uh, the uncertainty or the fear that might creep in? I'm just projecting my own. I'm thinking, like, if I was speaking yeah. to 300 people off the top of my head, but I I've think, been doing that more, and it's just, like, yeah. it's a roller coaster. Yeah, I think I've gotten... Fortunately, I deal with it maybe less than I think the average person does, because I, I, I have a singing background, performing background as well, which kind of got got me over stage fright. But at the same time, I have this real I don't give a fuckness. And it's not, you know, it's not something that I, I know it's not artificial at this point in my life. Like, I, I definitely know I was faking it till I made it for quite a good deal of time. It's and like where you spend an hour putting together your outfit to look like you don't give a shit. Exactly. Versus like really exactly. not giving exactly. a shit. And I was real good at that too. <laughs> I mean, just appearing to be something was was my life mastery for a long time. And obviously that crumbled in on itself and absolutely destroyed me in every way possible. And being it instead of appearing to be it ended up working out much more. And mm. it's funny how simple of an idea it is and how extremely difficult it is at the same time um, to literally just in every fucking instant just a just a let go just a softness just this actual and it's, it's such a physical thing so it's the same thing when you sit down in front of a group of people it's like you can either ride this tension you can literally like the second there's a little bit of tension what most of us do is we ride it you know we we tighten around it we tense around it we use that actually as our guiding factor but if there's if you're able to just I mean to the point where maybe you're supposed to say something right now and maybe you just sit there instead you know looking around it whatever you need to do to break that to crack that kind of little feeling all of a sudden it just opens up it's like oh mm. i already did what i'm not supposed to perfect i'm good now you know mm. does that make any sense like even that idea of supposed to is artificial right completely like, what does that even mean way. that's just a story in, in itself yeah right but it sounds a little bit like you're th this idea of, of like leaning into the tension yeah and surrendering to it versus feeling the tension and protecting yourself or fleeing from it completely yeah um Okay, so this is good, yeah. but I, I forgot to introduce you. Oh, yeah. Brian Ellis. <laughs> Brian Ellis, welcome to the podcast. Thank you very much. So when you were talking a minute ago about teaching to 30 or 300 people, yeah. like, what are you teaching? For those that don't know you, like, yep, like what's yep. your deal? So um, I'm typically guiding an experience that is a blend of breath work, meditation, oftentimes qigong, just awareness practices. Um, it tends to be, I mean, that is, that is what I teach. When I'm teaching a group of people, when I'm teaching a single person, if I'm teaching something, it tends to be in that realm. Mm. Um, it varies, but, but that's it. It's all meditation of some sort. Right. And oftentimes, breath is the, the anchor. Okay. Yeah. I want to get back to something you said a minute ago, which was uh, that you got completely destroyed in oh, every yeah. way oh yeah by trying to maintain an artificial version of yourself oh yeah so like what can you unpack that I can so I went I mean I'm an extremist and when I say I'm an extremist <laughs> in every sense 
it's only very recently in my life, maybe the last few years, where I'm starting to peel back a bit from areas where I didn't even know I was being extreme. And as a teacher, as someone who allows myself to sit in front of people and act like I have something to say or act like I have something of value, um, that's a real tricky place. It's a really tricky place because I've been teaching for 10 years and I think maybe for the last three or four, I feel like I'm actually creating a space where it's just an open experiment, where we're all experimenting together. Every time. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, it, it is by far my my most intense practice if I'm teaching because if there's any wavering in presence at all, you see it immediately. Mm. You see it on people. You see people's eyes open. You see them fidget. You, you know, if, if if I lose that real engagement with what's kind of right there, everyone else loses it as well. Mm. Um, but for the years before that. I was much better at doing all the right things and it never had the effect per se that I wanted. Mm-hmm. And don't get me wrong, like like I was still decent. Like people wouldn't say, yo, I had a shitty class with you, you know, it wasn't like that. But I said all the things I thought I was supposed to say. I had so much knowledge back then, you know, mm-hmm. like I, I had all the theoretical knowledge. I'd read every book that you could find from the most obscure to the whatever I was saying all the right things and yet I'm like but why is this not hitting the way and it's because I really did allow myself to and even try to turn myself into this this it was separation is what I was doing I was really really reinforcing separation like I have something here of value you know you should probably have it like everyone else in the world should probably have it it's okay that you don't like you know don't worry i'll get you there you know that was that was that was really my underlying kind of it, it was like my foundation and i didn't know that you know i i tricked myself so well mm. that i'm sitting here like why the fuck can why does this, why is this not blasting everyone else the way it blasted me was really the thing. Mm. And then I was like, oh, well, because it's not working for me. Because, <laughs> because my sense of what I have understood, I haven't fucking understood at all. Because my experience mm. isn't there yet. Yeah, there's that gap between knowing and being, right? Like, Completely. I know what I'm supposed to teach, and I know the topics, and I know how the presentation should flow but I'm not being the things that I'm teaching. Completely. Right? Completely. It's like the integration component, I guess. Completely. I, I find it I find it most commonly seen and understood, like the, the thing that we're talking about, that difference between knowing and being, I see it most often in advice from friend to friend, mm. which is, it's the clearest way, you know, it's, it's as simple as, this person is, you know, he talks shit about me behind my back, da 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 and I can't, you know, why would he, boom. And then 30 seconds later, same person is saying, well, you can't be bothered by what that person says about you, no one cares, like, come on, like, you know you're better than that. You know, it's, it's like literally we give off this, what we consider to be simple advice. We consider it to be... We all know this, mm. and we spew it out to everyone else, like, are you kidding me? How do you not get this right now? And yet, so few of us apply that, that what we consider to be automatic knowledge, kind of. Totally. 
and it's amazing to me. I mean, it's absolutely fucking amazing to me. <laughs> like, and I think that's what that's what my practice is now. My practice now, my whole practice, is. Oh wait, what's that thing I'm feeling right now? If there's anything that I'm feeling that winds up my knot, that's where I go. Like right there. If the knot inside of my stomach starts to tighten at all over anything, I'm not looking out. I'm not trying to pinpoint where it came from or why. I'm simply, my attention is right on the knot and it's going, can I soften this right now? And that's it. It's the whole practice for me, I feel like. Because even the the part of where is this coming from and why you're in your head completely and you're not in your body completely you're analyzing you're rationalizing you're scared so what's your process like of so i'm big on this idea of awareness and acceptance yeah right yeah and so it sounds a little bit like that's what you're doing is you're aware of what's happening internally and then you go to that uncomfortable knot in your stomach yeah and so what's your practice for unraveling that knot or for just simply feeling it um, I mean, it's, it, it's definitely, there's definitely several aspects, probably infinite aspects to how we approach that. But for me, it always starts physically, always. Um, I, I really, I don't give a fuck about whys at all in any area of my life. I don't care why. I don't care about my story at all. I like most people I know don't know anything about me. <laughs> like, like, and they say that to me all the time. Yeah. I'll, I'll have a best friend for you know, four years who one day turns to me like, I actually don't know anything about you. I don't know what you, you know, I don't know what your childhood was like. I don't know what your parents are like. I'm like, that's because I don't care. Like, I've damn near forgotten about it. Um, I don't care about whys. I care about my ability to respond right now to what is right now. And I've never been able to work it out with my mind. Any problem, any tension, I've, I've tried. I mean, I can see the logic oftentimes in a situation, but logic doesn't equate to feeling. Yeah, you can't think your way into feeling better. Not at all. You can't tell you. Not at all. You might even in your head say, oh, this isn't a big deal. Why why are you acting this way? To yourself. Yeah. But your body doesn't give a shit about that thought. And that's even a further condemnation of yourself. You Mm. know, that's even a further step in building onto the tension. Because it's like that little bit of... It doesn't even... Yeah. That is is the judgment. Mm -hmm. And that adds that extra layer of tension as well as a layer of validation that's like, oh, well, I already know this. There's so many... It's like you, you reaffirm your fucking arrogance, you reaffirm your tension, you, it's like it does so many things. Mm-hmm. So internal dialogue, I feel, is extremely important. Um, the way we talk to ourselves in our mind is extremely important. But I feel that it only becomes important once you have addressed the physical feeling. Once you have softened or released or expanded around whatever tension's inside of you, then you can change the language around it. And I feel like that's a supporting factor. So like the mind supports the body. It's just that the mind, I feel, can't unravel the body, and yet it can add to layers of tension, pain, stress, suffering. So even though I feel like we can't fix tension with our mind, I feel that if tension is first released... 
it's just a support layer, you know? Like, I could be extremely soft and relaxed. Let's say I'm just the fluffiest kind of softest, non-physically tense being in the world. And I could talk all kinds of shit in my head and be the most negative whatever. And honestly, like, it might create problems for other people, but I'll, I'll probably be fine, right? Mm. Like, overall, my physical being is completely free and, you know, whatever, but I'm a negative piece of shit. I mean, to each their own. That's, that's cool. Like, that actually would probably work out for your experience in one way or another. Like, yeah, you're not gonna, you know, develop all kinds of bodily disease, possibly. Who fucking knows? Mm. But that also doesn't benefit you in the sense of connection. It doesn't benefit you in the sense of anything we actually desire out of our life. Love, you know, fucking understanding, bridging these gaps, you know, support, unity, whatever. But you can't do it the other way around. You can't have a serene, perfect, flawless, loving mindset and have a tense being, a tense body. Mm and get any sort of the experience that you're really after. Does that make sense? Mm. So it can go the other way around. You could be soft inside, open, expansive inside, and have shitty dialogue. And that, in my opinion, would still be ideal in terms of my experience than the other way around. Than having perfect, flawless affirmations, and I've studied everything Abraham Hicks has ever said, and I have this amazing manifesting personality, but I'm still tense inside. And I think that that's more common than we believe it to be in our society. And like a lot of by bypassing is the word that comes up for me when I hear that. Mm. Yeah, everything's fine. I'm good. Yeah, I, you know, I'm happily married. I've got the job. Yes. Oh, the kids are doing so well. But inside, you can feel, if you're attuned to that kind of stuff, Completely. that that person is really, Completely. really fucked up. Completely. <laughs> right? I, I, think, I think that is the standard, actually. And I think even particularly in spiritual and self-development you know, circles, it might even be more pronounced. Mm -hmm. um, because there is a focus on the positive. You know, your average person who is just kind of living life the way they've been societally conditioned, you know, whatever it is. Someone who just, who doesn't take a conscious effort in their own growth or evolution. So the average person just doing what the average person does, I would say is having a more decent experience inside than the average spiritually inclined person. And that's because... Once we've put our effort, once we've put our focus on this positive, affirmative, mental dialogue kind of pathway, if we're not undoing our fucking triggers, if we're not unwinding that knot, then it creates this extreme kind of duality there, which everyone else... It's like, if I don't even know about the concept of duality, who gives a shit, right? Ignorance is bliss. But as soon as I become aware of it, oh wait, there's this, my higher self is doing this. My higher self is, I just gotta pay more attention to my higher self. That creates such a huge split. Mm. It creates such a separation. You know, higher self automatically implies something outside of me, something separate from me. So there, you can't avoid conflict in that area. You mm. like, by, by, by being so keenly aware 
of this ideal while also aware that I'm not yet at that ideal mm. makes my journey almost impossible. Mm. So I feel like I feel like spiritual kind of distraughtness, I don't know, I don't even mean you know, spiritual materialism, whatever you might want to call it. Mm. It doesn't matter to me how it affects everyone else. For people's individual experience, it lends to more unhappy people, spiteful, kind of bitter and and se- separatist, like separative. Mm. Yeah, because we get it's identity, right? And I think in the personal development space, it's more pronounced because your identity is directly related to your profession. Your ego loves it. You get yeah. praise. You yeah. know, even when you were a, a kind of an average teacher, I imagine you had people coming up saying, "Man, that was so good! Like, yeah, you're amazing!" Of course. Right? And so that just feeds the beast. Yeah. Right? And it feeds that external version of self, yeah. or that identity that we like to think of more often because it makes us feel good yeah and i think in doing that we tend to ignore the stuff going on inside yeah we the shadow right completely completely actually when i was in that kind of phase of my life i was in new york at the time when that's really, a, that's a really good place to be for that oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah and when i say extremist i'm telling you i was you know water fasting 10 days a month i was fucking doing you know every fire practice i'm doing an hour and a half of qigong nigong i'm standing still for 30 minutes a day i'm doing an hour and a half of breath work i'm I'm doing four or five hours a day of like fire practices you know like my whole life was based around becoming superhuman and i was wanting that to be recognized to such a degree that Yes, I, absolutely. Even even though I couldn't fool myself, there was a there was a good number of people who kind of treated me as that. It's like Brian's you know? the crazy spiritual yeah, guru yeah. guy. But but there there would you know, for people who weren't yet affirmed in who they are to a certain point, I would become the crutch kind of the <laughs> well let me go to to the point where I'm like doing drugs with friends on a Friday night while sitting cross-legged. You know what I'm saying? With my my hand on my chin, like I'm the wise one. Yes, give me another line, please. Absolutely. But well, see, the way I do this is different than the way that you do this. You know, mm. see, it's it's all because I'm embraceive of the whole thing, and I don't do it when I'm depressed the way you do. I only do it to celebrate life. You know what I'm saying? It's like there was such a just bullshitty, you know, whatever. So when you look back at that now, like, what do you say to yourself, or what do you think? I, I fucking crack up. I mean, it, it's it's like, like it. I don't I don't care. Like it's not, I don't have any judgment for myself at the time. Like it was obviously necessary for where I got to now, but I can dramatically see the difference in effect between my relations with people. I created zero possibilities back then to bridge gaps with people. I made sure they thought they were getting what they needed and wanted. And this wasn't a conscious process. I wasn't trying to manipulate people. Yeah. I thought who I was really fooling was myself. Because it's a win-win, right? When people get benefits from your teachings, when they have somebody to support them, when you're the crutch. Completely. You get a lot of love. You Absolutely. get a lot of enthusiasm. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, the, it's not the most damaging thing in the world. No. You know, there's by far worse and, and more malicious things. But at the same time, it's I was pretty, making it pretty, harder for them. Yeah. Or harder for both of us to actually be at this tangible space of openness because I was making sure 
I was still superior. And at the same time, having this desire for them to not need me while creating this dependency on me. You know, so it's like there, there were, again... Which is the modern-day personal development Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and that, that was the whole thing. I never found real, real connection. And I, I find connection all the time in my life now. I mean, I, I feel very fortunate. I can sit down anywhere. People that everyone else might even judge or say, how could you talk to that person? And I'm like, what do you mean? Like, I see an amazing side of that person. Like, I get blessed with being able to see the parts of people that they want to be seen, that they really want to be seen, that they secretly want to be seen. I get to see that in people all the time. And so it's because, how do you do that? Um, the exact opposite approach that I used to. <laughs> exact opposite. You know, I used to, I had the information. That's mm. how I felt. I have the information. So if someone starts talking about or asking about this topic in spirituality, well, let me just tell you how it is here. You know what I'm saying? Because I read this book last yes, month. Yes. <laughs> this makes sense. This makes perfect sense to me. Let me see if I can help you understand it. Mm. Um, and now I could care less. I mean, someone comes to talk to me about things that I might actually be well-versed in and I'm ignorant the whole time. I don't care. I just want to hear you talk about it. Mm. I, I, it is so much easier to meet someone where they're at, which automatically creates a bridge. And then to traverse that bridge together is as simple as being side by side with them and holding their hand and then pointing out, oh, look at this path. That looks cool. You know, mm -hmm. if I'm walking side by side with someone and I'm like, oh, shit, like, let's go travel up that road right there. Dope. Cool. There's no superiority there. But if I'm standing on that road and I'm like, traveler, ha, 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 you're going the wrong way. Come this way. You know, mm -hmm. that's where that whole separation. Well, we're rebellious. I'm like, why the fuck would I go to your path? Like, my path looks fine right now. I have better light. I have better trees, you know. So that's what I do now. I, 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 I'm happy and, and have way more fun meeting people right where they're at. It doesn't matter to me. You know, I, I smoke cigarettes. Like I, I do things, I teach breath work and I smoke cigarettes, right? You know how many incredible connections and conversations I've had over that exact polarity, over me walking out of a breath work class and lighting up a cigarette? And 20 people who just took my class, not only kind of like shocked and laughing, but coming up like, oh my God, I thought I'd get judged if I walked up here and like lit up a cigarette right now. I was going to wait till I got home. Like mm. it starts something right there. Look, oh, we're the same person. We're both flawed. Oh, look, we both have these like human vices, right? Mm. There's this opening and all of a sudden this conversation goes somewhere because there's this feeling of acceptance first. There's this feeling of non-judgment first. And I'm not saying that's a tactic. I just happen to like cigarettes. But, but that, that is, goes back to this line of, that I love of don't judge people because they sin differently than you do. Yeah. Who said that? I love that. I have no idea. That's great. I've used it a bunch. That's fucking great. It's such a good line. Yeah. But it's that. It's like... Like we don't all have our shit. Yeah. Right? Completely. Like, oh, he smokes cigarettes. And then you go home and binge watch Netflix for six hours. Or yeah. Whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, Completely. You know? Completely. But 
that's where it comes from for me. I mean, I, I, I feel that most spiritual people, and I'm using that word loosely, you, you know, I'm, I'm talking about people who are consciously doing things to improve their spiritual state or spiritual experience. Doing the work. In, yeah, doing the work. We so often create a deeper separation as we go along that path. And I, I feel like the only reason I teach is to kind of be in the dark places, like the dark corners. I count like countless times I have people come up to me afterwards like fuck you know my girls tried to drag me to a kundalini class 30 times I was so turned off they all judged me I wasn't wearing the right white you know they told me if I did this and that blah blah I didn't want to come to this at all but god I'm so fucking glad I did you know it's like that's I feel like most of us are out here trying to avoid the lion's den that's not my approach. I'm jumping right in that motherfucker. I mean, I'm in the lion's den with you, and then I'm just going to be like, yo, let's see if we can find a way out there, you know? I'm, I, I, it's, an, it's, it's an open experiment to me. Mm. And then I jump right the fuck back in. And, like, I get out, ooh, yeah, jump right back in. That's my fun. I have a fetish for that. Like, literally, it's like, I'm in Hollywood. I know so many people who hate the air in Hollywood. I mean the feeling, you know, people believe it's a contrived, fake, you know, extremely materialistic, blah, 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 blah. But they're still living here, mind you. But they just make sure that they go to Venice or Malibu or Topanga for their spare time because Hollywood's too dark for them. People who want to protect their energetic experience I'm now on a superior wavelength, and so I can't be around those lower vibrations. And that's a common, common thread in kind of self-development circles. It's like, be selfish with your energy, with your vibrations. Fair. Like, I'm not going to say that's wrong. We are all allowed to have our preferences. But the aversion, the evasion, the the inability to be around lower vibrations or negative vibrations because it will affect yours just more separation more condemnation more judgment just littered throughout that and if i really have a concern with connection or unity or bridging gaps and i feel like i am on to something why would i then remove myself from the place where people need that most Hollywood's my fucking monastery bro this is my work like I'm right here with the fucking sinners in the darkest corners because not only am I one myself but because honestly that's the least judgmental space I can find and I'm sitting there and anyone who wants to kind of dig in with me boom we dig in without you know it's like if anyone needs it, it's people who have been pushed away by the majority. Does mm. that make sense at all? Yeah. Yeah, there's like so much to unpack there, man. Yeah, I'm sorry. Like, I'm like, whoa. Uh, I, I've heard it described before as, as, you know, it's very easy to be enlightened on a hilltop in India. Yeah. On your purple cushion with your incense. Yeah. 
but like the real work or the real payoff I suppose is go to the train station in New Delhi and and be chill yeah right and stay enlightened there yeah like that's the work yeah right and I think there's I think a lot of us I do this too certainly is we we like we want ease you know and we chase bliss and we we want ease but I think there's a sort of a a fine line between growth and avoidance in that way and so we might call it oh you know I'm just chasing my bliss or I just need some self care Mm -hmm. for the weekend in Topanga Uh, and that's great and beautiful and I love that but it also might be a subtle egoic way to avoid feeling uncomfortable for sure and doing the work around that discomfort that might take you to that next level for sure like and how do you get better at dealing with any of this stuff if you don't actually do the work and absolutely s- and stay absolutely right it's like I, I often teach and talk about the, this idea of the edge right it's like staying on your edge yeah and for some people it sounds a little bit um, analogous to what you're saying about the lion's den mm-hmm. right it's like completely stay on the edge and for some people the edge might be staying in that discomfort yeah and for other people the edge might mean relaxing yeah or taking a nap completely <laughs> like, completely because that, just, that's a really fair point you know because what I mean? it can go the other way yeah and so so i think uh it's just a powerful i mean so how do you unpack that how, how do you unpack the difference between chasing bliss and ease and and self-care versus you're actually avoiding this shit you need to stay and lean into this i'm i am still I mean, I'm still learning for sure. That, and, I'm, and I'm not sure if that's one that ever is just done. Mm. I mean, we're maybe constantly refining it throughout the course of our life. But I went the opposite direction than most people I know. The opposite direction meaning what I valued for most of my life was directly opposite to what most people valued. Like, what do you mean? I was constantly torn between whether I wanted to be a rock star, whether I wanted to be an old man on a mountain. Like, literally, I'm 16 years old. Like, I want to be old with a beard right now. I want to live off only goji berries. I want to live till I'm 333 years old on Wudang Mountain. And, you know, that was like, that was more of a dream to me. Mm. But the reason it was a dream is because when I picture that man, it's a feeling. It's like... This man who needs nothing and is just standing in air. And that's his whole sustenance almost. It's this feeling of real power to me, you know, real freedom. And so I, I glamorized the need for nothing, right? That was my real, my real ambition was to be ambitionless. It's like I would allow myself to not only be in any uncomfortable situation, but the reason I say I took it the opposite direction than most people is because I took that to so much of an extreme that it became detrimental to me as well. Most people had this outward focus. I had such an inward focus that my need to go into my discomfort or to ride my edge was to the point where if I'm laying in a position where I'm all fucking uncomfortable, but for some reason I've wound up in that position, it might be as simple as, oh, I could turn left four inches and put this pillow a little bit more under my head, and it's all good. 
But instead, I'm staying right there and I'm looking at myself and I'm saying, why is this uncomfortable? <laughs> why can't you just relax around this position? What why does your body you? need to be in a specific position for you to find comfort? That was the level it was at, you know? It was like yeah. any little thing. If I was moving towards a preference, I'm like, why do you prefer something over what is real right now, right here? And what a shitty way to go about things at the end of the day. Like, it was just me reinforcing a lesson I'd already learned. It's me basically redoing the same lesson over and over again. And it's you just in your head as well. It's just me in my head. Stories. Completely. Completely. Like I interviewed um, Buddy Wakefield on this podcast and we were at his place and talking about some beautiful spiritual shit. And, uh, and over my shoulder, out the window, he saw a hummingbird. And he interrupted. He's like, oh, wow, there's a hummingbird. And I was like, what does it mean, buddy? Right? What does it mean? And I was like kind of, kind of joking. And he's like, oh, you know, there's a, there's a hummingbird feeder there. So I think maybe it's just a hummingbird. And I was like, oh, damn. Yes. It's that. It's, yes. Like, maybe it doesn't have to be any noble truth. Like maybe it just means that your neck hurts and you just need to shift your position. Completely. Right? Completely. And that... Like, that's not less magical. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's really not less magical. So, where I took that, where I really, you know, kind of was doing a disservice to myself is I, I lost my ability to kind of create. I lost my ability to co, to collaborate with life in any way. Mm. I was such a proponent for whatever comes is perfect. That... I couldn't move consciously. I couldn't choose something. It was whatever came mm. is what I wanted. Right. And and it's a sneaky way to hide. It's a real life, sneaky right? way to hide. It's fine. Yeah. It's fine. I'm and especially good. because it's 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 praised in a sense, not only by me internally, but because it, not that it has any actual superiority or any you know real value above the other way mm. it's just that it's a less commonly traveled path and so it's easy to hold on to that as my identity and let everyone else say oh my god you're so like cool and like what how are you just laughing right now like someone just cut off your arm i don't <laughs> my arm is nothing <laughs> you know it was so easy to hold on to that but then I can't do anything with my life. I couldn't, I couldn't do the simple things that everyone around me could. Like I'm watching my friends, you know, level up in their outward life. And yeah, sure, maybe they're missing this like thing that I feel like I might have, but they're having more fun than I'm having. You know, if, if it comes down to any, like as simple as that, they all seem to be having way more fun. Yeah, they have dramatic downs. Maybe they suffer to a degree that I don't, but who gives a fuck? Like, they're having fun, and I'm still sitting here in a fucking weird position with my arm contorted, wondering why I want to move, you know? And it's like, it's fucking silly. So, yeah, I, you know, you go back the opposite direction, and then you dance between the two, and then it becomes this kind of give and take, and you find your middle path, which is, yeah. I've, I'm finding this kind of middle way now. And so, how do you balance the the humility with the desire, if that makes sense? So, how do you balance being humble, being chill, 
not necessarily needing things, but also wanting to create a life that kicks ass, that you have fun, and you're like... I am not humble at all, <laughs> for one. <laughs> I'm really not. I'm obsessed with myself, okay. um, for the most part. Um, and I, I really mean, like, I, I am so selfish with my experience, to a degree that I rarely see. Um, I would venture to say I'm maybe more consciously selfish than almost anyone that I know. Um, so mind you, my idea of self includes everything in my circumference. Mm. So, so what does that mean? Like an example of being consciously selfish um, or not humble? Like, well, uh, let me see if I can give a comparison. Maybe at times in our life we've been the person who really wants to help someone else or something else whether they want it or not, right? And that desire to help them, if we break it down, we know psychologically, internally, whatever, it's really coming down to this need for us. It, it comes down to us. I need to help that person because of how it's going to make me feel. Mm. If I were to say, well, if you help that person, what comes with that is a bunch of shitty feelings, suffering, I wouldn't want to help that person at the end of the fucking day. Not only do they not want it, but I'm not going to do it if what that really brings is shitty feelings, anxiety, blah, blah. No. We want to do that because what it brings are things we like to feel. And because, sure, maybe it's about their benefit as well. Mm -hmm. Sure. But that's unconscious selfishness, meaning it's not flawed. It's not a problem. It's not, it's just, that's, that's part of the path. That's one of the steps mm. on the staircase, right? Right. Um, but that's not wrong per se. But it's not consciously selfish. When I say I'm consciously selfish, I mean, if you don't want me to help you, I'm not fucking helping you. I'm not. I'm so concerned with my experience, my quality of experience, my quality of life, that that is my kind of, if any situation brings me to the space where I have to be considering or weighing options, that's what I prioritize. And I find that that kind of compass happens to be the most mutually beneficial as well. Like if I cut you on the arm right now, that doesn't add to my experience. It doesn't, doesn't bring anything to my quality of life. But it's the same thing as I don't have to walk around hiding my arm when I come around a corner to protect it from hitting the corner. Mm. No. I naturally, I don't even have to think about that. My arm doesn't hit the corner. Mm. I'm so aware that that's a part of me that I don't have to consciously protect my arm at every second of the day. I just move in a way where it doesn't hit things most of the time. It's my same approach with life and other people around me. I'm so consciously aware that you, yourself, are a part of me, a part of my experience, that I don't have to baby you and protect you and keep you in this protective corner because if you get hurt, I'll be hurt too. But at the same time, you're like my arm to me. Mm. It's like... I'm naturally protective of you in the way that I'm protective of me. Mm. 
I don't have to hold my arm up all day and praise it and say, my arm is so important, I must make sure it doesn't hit this corner. No, sometimes it will hit the corner because I'm not paying attention, you know? Mm. But for the most part, I'm so keenly aware of its integration and attachment to me that my selfish nature already takes care of it. Does that make sense? I think so. Okay, sorry. <laughs> let's, um, let's unpack that a little bit. When you're talking about uh, not wanting to help somebody, not wanting to help somebody who doesn't want your help. Yeah. Right? That need for validation, that codependency, that desire for, for like external praise or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, it sounds like you're very comfortable with helplessness. And I say that because I learned about the, like the power of feeling helpless. Yeah. I feel is a really challenging spot to be in. Mm. When you see somebody that you love, somebody that you care about, and you so desperately want to change that situation for them or for yourself, but you can't. Yeah. Right? And um, the, the thing that stands out for me is like my mom's alcoholism, for yeah. example, of like, ah. Uh, you know, I'm helping, I'm giving, I'm giving, I'm giving, but like nothing is changing, nothing's getting better. And then at some point, you have to consciously be selfish enough to say, no, like, I prioritize myself. Like yeah. I can no longer be a part of this. Yeah. I can no longer have these chats. I'm stepping out. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And it sounds to me like, and if I'm, if I'm right or wrong, but if that relates to what you were describing there, being consciously selfish. and Yes, absolutely. I, uh, and I would even... My inclination is to even question the whole thing about it. Why, like, why, why do I need her to not be an alcoholic? Mm. Why do I, like, honestly though, like, why, why do I want her to not drink? Why do I not want her to not do all, even the things that I gauge as the most horrible things? Mm. Why? If she doesn't want that. If there is something torn inside of her where there's this outreach, hey, son, can you, like, I'm lost. What the fuck can I do? Okay, step in and show your cards and experiment together. Right. But if that's not there, why am I incapable? Why do I not want for her what she wants for her? That's where my mindset goes totally so it still comes back to me you know I still bring it back to myself not in a it's all about me but in a let me come like this from from another angle because hang on but yeah go ahead because there is a judgment there of the other right completely they are doing this life they are experiencing this they are feeling this I decide that that is not great yeah I decide that that's uncomfortable. Sorry, I have something in my eye. Uh, I decide that that's fucked up and I want to change that thing. Yeah. Right? And so I'm trying to force my will and my beliefs onto someone else. And that's not going to work. I've never seen it work. <laughs> I've never in my life seen it work. But then I think that's the, the power of, of being okay with helplessness. Yes. Is just being like, well, if they want to live this way and they want to do that thing and we both recognize that that will lead to imminent demise, death, deterioration, pain, sorrow then it's like, well fuck it Yeah. and, and this is the thing, 
What doesn't lead to that? Yeah. I mean, in varying degrees, but what doesn't lead to that? So we're even, I'm even talking about it because of effectiveness. So I don't go so, I don't only go to the point of acceptance for other people. I champion other people in their decisions, Hmm. even if they are chaotic, even if they are detrimental, because I've seen that have more of an effect, the effect that I would prefer than the opposite. And I'll give you an example. Common thing is a friend, fuck, you know, my girl, she did this again. She, you know, da 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 da. She cheated on me with that guy and uh, it's driving me fucking, you know, blah, blah. I hate it. I don't know. Uh, uh, and I'm, I'm laughing. <laughs> yeah, right, bro. You love that shit. Anyways, you want to go get dinner? and uh, Bro, what are you talking about? Like, she destroyed me again. She I'm like, bro, stop trying to convince me that you don't love that shit. You love it. It's cool. Like, can we move on though? I don't, I'm tired of talking like about it. Like, you chose shit. it? Yeah. No, I don't. How could you tell me that I love it? What do you mean, bro? You're allowing it. Like, that, like that's all you demand for yourself. So own that shit. If you can champion other people's choices for themselves, it oftentimes forces them into clarity or forces them into at least considering in areas where they may not have before. So if my alcoholic best friend is making all kinds of decisions that I wouldn't want for myself, not only do I have the choice at all points in time to be around or not be around whatever I want, Mm. but oftentimes they get validated in their decisions without finding support. And so that rebellious thing inside of us gets a constant boost, right? Everyone wants me to stop this. Fuck that. And like, I, I go as hard as I, you know, it's like, we have that rebellious nature in us. Don't tell me what to Yeah, do. exactly. Don't tell me to go to rehab. Exactly. But when my alcoholic friend wakes up and, you know, he's destroyed something again and da 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 da, and he's like, yo, we still going to dinner tonight? I'm like, no, no, no. Christy doesn't want you there. Like, you, you were a real piece of shit last night. But I'll hit you up after dinner. Bro, what, like, you, how are you gonna, what are you talking about, bro? This, you love this shit. That's why you do that. Like, I'll hit you after dinner. No big deal. If you can casually champion someone's decisions that they make for themselves, it leaves them nowhere to run because they're not being condemned anymore. They're not being judged anymore. I'm actually saying, yo, what you want for you is exactly what I want for you. But now that person has to sit in this space of, wait, I can admit that I don't like everything that came with this decision I made, but I also don't get to put it on anything else anymore. Yeah, and it sounds like you're just very subtly uh, inviting them to take radical personal responsibility for their life and their actions. Which is the only option. Yeah, and like having boundaries around what you bring into your space which is like no you don't get to you don't get to cheat on me and come to dinner with my parents tonight yeah like that's just not how it is exactly right but there's such a delicate dance in the way you do that 
Because mm-hmm. if you do secretly judge this person and shame them and shame them or whatever, it's such an enabling thing. It's such a it actually ends up supporting the behavior that you don't like. Because and we all know where that comes from. We know what it's like when we feel judged by someone. It just feeds the story. It feeds the fucking story completely. And it allows us to not take responsibility. It gives us something else to put it on. Mm. But if you can really genuinely, lovingly, it's like, it's like my love is unconditional, but my relationships have conditions, right? My boy Nedic says that all the time. It's one of my favorite things. That's a reality in my life. It's like, what do you like? Yo, I literally, I do not care that you did that, bro. That's fine. But you don't get to come with us on this trip this weekend because that had this effect. Yeah, that's a black and white thing. It's like I love you, yeah. and I don't want to hang out with you. Yeah, yeah. I but let's let's go see a movie on Tuesday though. Yeah. Well, what the fuck? Like you know, you can't. You're my best friend. You can't. Be, yeah, yeah. Of course, I'm your best friend, and you did something that made my fucking toe fall off the other night. Yeah. Like I don't feel like being around you right now. That's it. But hit me Tuesday. What you're talking about is this idea of radical honesty. Radical. Have you read that book? I haven't. I just finished it like a week ago. Which Who wrote is, it? Uh, Brad Blanton. Awesome. And uh, but basically his whole premise is that is like just be just be honest. Yeah. Just be radically honest with people at all times, and it sounds like that's what you're describing, um, and you're making it sound so simple. Yeah. I'm just like, no, I don't want to hang out with you tonight, or yeah. no, you can't come to dinner. Yeah. Right. Because yeah. you did this thing that pissed Christy off. Yeah. It's like, but for for a lot of people, it's it's not that easy. Or not they tell all. themselves it's not that easy. And for me as well, I get in my head. What will they think? What will they do? Yeah. But the reality is, is like it doesn't matter what they think because you're speaking your truth. Yeah. And you're showing them love and compassion and understanding. And what will be will be. And that's how consciously selfish I am, <laughs> because for me to spend five minutes even having to weigh the Mm. options, having to dance around, softening it for them, or being a, you know, anything I have to do to avoid that radical honesty now limits my quality of life. Right, and that becomes the edge. So so that's an absolute no for me. Right, why am I scared to say that? Yeah. Or, oh, I I don't want him to come to dinner, but, like, no, that's the edge. Completely. Like, honoring your own truth. Completely. Do you find that other people receive that in an open way do you often trigger people um do you invite more truth as a response to that i i can say that it's oftentimes hilarious for one because it's it's just not a common approach um but it has it often has more of the effect i would want like the whole reason i would do the opposite the whole reason i would share my frustration or judge someone or have a problem with what they're doing is because I want a better outcome. The only reason we do any of that is because we want them to get something or we want there to be a better experience. Yeah. I never get that when I take that route, the kind of judgmental, non-accepting mm. route. When I take that radical honesty approach, mm. I get it surprisingly way more than one would think. I mean, I can't I can't put a percentage on it. Yeah. Whatever. It's it's irrelevant even. But that's the only way I've ever gotten a bit closer to the preference. The mm. only way I've ever been a catalyst maybe for someone else changing themselves. Yeah. has been 
when I am in full acceptance and appreciation of that person. You know, I because it doesn't change the fact that they did that thing. Not at like, all. They did that thing. It's done. Yeah. Right. And you can choose to respond with acceptance and grace, or you can choose to respond with anger, judgment, criticism, right? Completely. And it doesn't change what happened, but your response in this present moment does affect the future. Yes. Right? Yes. Absolutely. I think I'm getting it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the other side of that, though, and maybe not the other side, but another component to all of this is that by... By honoring your truth, by speaking openly about how you feel, you give the you give the other person a consequence to their own actions. Yes. And I think oftentimes, and maybe this is a story, but I feel like people will misbehave and misbehave until they have some kind of repercussion that forces them to learn something. Completely. Right? And, and it's this is like, oh, this guy, he always cheats on people. This guy, he's always a liar. Yeah, because he's learned that those are, those work. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And they've worked well and, is, and he's still alive and he has a good life and he hasn't learned that those outcomes are, are creating problems to deal with. Right? Absolutely. And so, it, so one of the stories I've heard is if you, if you go to a coffee shop and you get like a, a shitty cappuccino with mm-hmm. the, the beans are burned or whatever. Mm-hmm. Rather than just saying, oh, it's fine, like, whatever, I'll just deal with it. Mm-hmm. If you go up to the barista and say, hey, you know, just a heads up, like, no judgment, but, like, I think you burned the beans on this a yeah. little bit. Like, this isn't that great. What you do is you give the barista a chance to get better. Yes. Right? You give yes. the barista a chance to not burn the beans for every coffee that they make in the future. Yes. And those hundreds and thousands of lives are also better. Yes. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. It's that. It's it's exactly that. And yeah. and it's it's literally all in approach. It's all in delivery. It's not like you're doing the opposite thing. Like you wouldn't go up to the barista in that example and say, you're such a piece of shit. Why did you do this? Although How some people you, would. Some people would. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's true. But we, you're right. That doesn't no get way. any of the results. It doesn't change want. the coffee yeah. and it doesn't help get you a new coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Right? And if anything, potentially next time they see you in line, they're like, I'm fucking this motherfucker's coffee up yeah. even more. And like, maybe they dream of being a world champion barista. Yeah. And they're like, it's not worth it. I yeah. quit. Completely. Completely. Yeah. Yeah. I, that, and that's a perfect example because... I could say, yo, you guys really messed up the beans on this. Like, no disrespect, but I'm not coming back here anymore. Like, good luck. Mm -hmm. You're not saying anything different. You're just adding on this, like, penalty. It's like, but I'm not going to come back here anymore. But that soft, like, yo, 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 like, all good. But, like, I think the beans were a little bit burnt. Yeah. Like, maybe just for, like, for the next guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. That does everything. Like, right. like it, and it, it even creates this feeling of appreciation. This, like, it's, it does everything that you want it to do. Because it's that, it's that inherent compassion and connection and recognizing the other person as a living, breathing human on an adventure. Yeah. It's not like they chose to burn the beans. Yeah. It's not like they're like, you know what? I'm going to try and make a really shitty cup of coffee right now. Yeah. That's my goal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I, I doubt... I doubt that that's a common experience for people. I doubt that people go on a date or have a wife or have a husband and they think, I'm going to be a piece of shit today. Yeah. Right? Completely. I'm going to try to really fuck up these beans of a day for this person. 
completely. Like we're all doing the best we can. Completely. And I and I have I have tested this in extreme circumstances. <laughs> like like as an example. A friend who was heavily addicted to heroin, right? And I naturally create boundaries and adjust boundaries based on how someone's presence or lack of presence in my life is affecting me, right? I I naturally I allow it to fluctuate. I I honestly I don't even have a problem if you're doing heroin. If it while you are in my presence has some detrimental effect on my experience that I can't still embrace and expand around life in, then that's when I will adjust boundaries. But I'm still not going to judge you for it. I'm still not the one that's going to have a problem with it. So I would find myself in situations where a whole lot of people in my friend's life loved him, same way I did. They were constantly back and forth on Fuck you! You're you know you shouldn't you ruin everyone's life and you da da da. It's not just you and da da da, which would send him into spirals of shame and regret, resentment, which because of the way he chooses to deal with those feelings would lead to more abuse and whatnot. So there would be many times where I would be kind of left sitting with him for a moment, and maybe he was just using a few hours ago, or he just used, or he's in that state where he's fading in and out of sleep or whatever. And I'll just be sitting there, you know? And he's like, you know, it's fucking, you know, it's like, it's, it's bullshit, bro. Like, I have, I have control, like, you know, da 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 da. And I'm like, I don't care what you do, bro. Like, go do it right now. Like, come on. Why are you even talking to me about this? What do you mean? Like, like, at the end of the day, you know, you would care if I died, right? Ah, no, I wouldn't, actually. Like, bro, if you're moving towards death, you're moving towards death. And I'm not exactly convinced even that death is the ugly thing that we all dress it up to be, which created a problem for him in that instant. You wouldn't miss me if I were gone? Um, no, I, I wouldn't. I love you, I love having you here, but you don't seem to want to be here that much, so, I mean, why would I want to force you to be somewhere where you don't want to be. What do you mean? I don't seem like I want to be here that much. Well, I mean, you specifically do something that disassociates you with everything around. You love to be the center of attention. You love connecting with people, but you specifically do something that makes that really difficult. I mean, here you are nodding in and out of sleep, even while we're talking right now. Like, if you want that for you, bro, like, do you. But, like, you know what that creates. It again just like you said earlier it forces someone to gain clarity around you know am i going to take responsibility for this or not i was the first person in his, in his life who didn't give him a compounded emotion for him to dive back in to the drug i wasn't adding on to his anxiety, his suffering. I wasn't judging him. I wasn't attacking him. I wasn't saying there was anything wrong with him. I was just simply pointing out that your decisions create this effect. If that's what you want, cool. But you tell me all the time that you want the opposite thing. It just doesn't line up. I'm, that's all I'm saying. It just doesn't line up. Mm. So what do you actually, do you actually value this more? Or do you value 
being accepted, connecting, feeling like that center of attention, getting recognized. What do you care more about? Like, yeah, like what do you actually want? Completely, right? Because I see this with clients as well. Is they say, I want to start a business. I want to write a book. I want to have a better relationship. I'm like, Great. You know, tell me how you spend your days. Oh, you know, uh, uh, watch Netflix, and I, you know, scroll Instagram, and like, oh, okay, like, how much did you write today? Yeah. Like, oh, I didn't. Yeah. Like, or they want to lose weight. Like, tell me what you ate for lunch. Yeah. Like, oh, McDonald's. Like, so, so you're telling me this, but you're doing this, and in that there is a dissonance. There's a discrepancy, right? Yes. Yes. So it's like, well, that's cool, but don't tell me that you want this thing. Yes. If your actions in your life is not showing that that to be true, like you're lying yes, to yourself. Yes, yes, that is, that might even be the biggest disconnect in life. That might be the factor that plays in to the most suffering, I would say, is people simply not clarifying what they really value the most. And what they want. Completely, because I can say, for certain, what I value the most is connection. Connection is my favorite form of currency, let's say, right? I will break most rules for the sake of connection. That's I will essentially dangerous for you. Oh yeah, completely, <laughs> completely. I will allow myself to contradict, be a hypocrite, anything for the sake of connection. But that will often, here, sorry, let me backtrack. Because I have a perfect example for this, right? Okay. A good friend of mine had a rocky relationship with his mom over the last handful of years. Um, the reason, he would say, is because of his radical honesty. He so valued being authentic and real that his mom would, you know, call or text when he's messed up or he's feeling guilty about something and he's just like, yeah, well, mom, you know, I... I fucking drank I'm wasted right now, you know, da, 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 like, well, whatever, like, I don't, you know, if, if, if she wants to do this, I'm going to, you know, he, he would give it to her like he's venting to his best friend, right? This is what I'm doing. I'm not feeling good about myself right now. Cause it's like, you know, maybe this. So yeah, I mean, that's why I fucking drink mom. Like, I want you to know, I want you to know me. And it created this, it wasn't easy for her. She couldn't do it. It wasn't easy for her to connect to him. She was constantly worried about him, constantly concerned about him. It just put their relationship on the rocks. And he's like, and I hate this shit. Like I just, and I'm like, so do you want to be closer with her? Yeah, yeah. I just want her to accept me for who I am. I'm like, well, one, how good are you being at accepting her for who she is? Like, but let's not even look at that yet. Let's look at, do you actually value more being closer with your mom or your idea of authenticity and being real? How much, like, which one do you value more? Well, I mean, I always say live or die by your truth and da 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 da. Okay, so would you say I would rather have my truth and my realness and my authenticity? Even if that means I don't get to have a good relationship with my mom. No, no. I'd rather have a good relationship with my mom. You're not acting like it, you know? And I told him, I was like, literally, 
if you fucking lying to your mom and saying, breaking the rule, the stigma, the what everyone, you know, no, mom, I had a great day yesterday. And that does something for her. That makes your guys' next 30-minute conversation better than when you just openly are like, no, I cheated on Becca yesterday and I, you know, because I feel like shit right now. Mm. Listen, you're allowed to do whatever you want. Is it getting the results that you want? That's what I'm talking about. Mm. And, and in that instance, even, you're allowed to say, you know, I'd rather not talk about it. Straight up. That's true. Straight up. <laughs> That's not even Straight a lie. Up. It's just like... Completely. I appreciate that you care, but like, I just, I don't want to talk about Completely. it. Completely. Right and, and there's a million routes you can take other than... <laughs> yes. Throwing all my darkness on someone. Which oftentimes when people think it's sharing and expressing and venting or opening up, they're oftentimes sharing their guilt. Or sharing or unloading some of their shame. You know? Yeah, and another way around that is... Um, so I feel like before you change a habit or a behavior, you have to recognize how it's benefiting you, right? Yeah. And so for that dude, I would ask, you know, what, like, what do you gain from this? Yeah. And it might be some kind of egoic, I'm the honest, truthful one. Completely. I'm so much better than most Completely. people. Right? Um, okay. Yeah, and that's the only space it did come from. Like, yeah. I, I know many people like be. that. Like, you know, I die by my word, son. You know, it's like um, authenticity only. Like, I got to be as real as I can to everyone. I don't even care how it affects people. Like, I got to speak my truth. You know, like, that's, that's a praised, like, 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 we really put that mindset on a pedestal in, in a mm. lot of society. I, nah, like, like. That's cool if you value that over everything else. I can't get it, I don't understand. If you choose to value it, but I feel like most of the time it's, it's the approach someone's taking because they actually value something else. Yeah, it's the intention beneath the radical honesty, yeah. right? It's yeah. like, what's this really about? Yeah. It's not about you being honest. It's about how this makes you feel Absolutely. to be that person being the one that's always honest. Absolutely. Right? Yeah, yeah, so if I, if I care about connection right now, yeah, over being me, like I could light up a cigarette right now and just blow it on your face. But bro, I smoke. Like I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like this is me. Like you don't have to be here. Like yeah. you could be sitting outside right now while we do our podcast. You know, whatever. But no, like I fuck with you. Like I value the connection more. I'm not gonna sit here and blow smoke in your face. You know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. it's, 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 it's an extreme example, but that's the reality of it. That's what it really comes down to for most situations. And so how would you, if someone's listening, how would you suggest that they, in a simple way, start unpacking all of this or practicing all of this stuff, right? Like, where do you start? Going back to what you said at the beginning about the body versus yeah. the mind and the connection yeah. versus truth, it's, it's sort of like this very amorphous pile of concepts. <laughs> I mean, you start with exactly where you are. Like, that's, that doesn't give anyone an answer. That's not helpful in any way. But where you are will tell you what needs to be addressed. How you're feeling at this exact moment in time tells you where you need clarity. So if anyone listening is sitting here and the constant suffering 
is coming from I need a boyfriend like I, I should have a boyfriend I'm waking up and I'm feeling lonely and I'm feeling you know blah blah, blah. for one do you value feeling good more or having a boyfriend more it comes down to simple we we must clarify what we actually want before we can determine our next step and our next approach and not what we want to want not what we think we want but what we actually want so if i feel lonely if my sense of suffering is coming from loneliness do I want to feel good, to feel better, or do I want to not be lonely? That's a real question, and it actually has to be considered. Because if my answer is, I want to not feel lonely, fair enough. If I would rather not be lonely than feel good, but you don't often find people who choose that. Almost always someone says, well, if the option is you either get to feel good or you get to have somebody, I want to feel good. Okay. So that's really what I value. If I really value feeling good, the whole lonely thing, I have to look at where I am right now. How do I know I don't need someone? Well, because I don't have someone. <laughs> it's like, that's yeah. the surest, that's the surest proof in the world, right? Like, like... Anytime we argue with reality, man, we lose. Anytime. There is no winning that argument. If just accepting that will radically transform. Radically. Life. Radically. Fundamentally. A absolutely. Absolutely. Radical yeah. acceptance, just start there. Absolutely. Like this is where yeah. I am. So so this yeah. is how I feel. I'm lonely. You're right. Fuck. You're right. And that is that is where to start. Yeah. So I even just danced around it so yeah, I could you, find it myself. Totally. You nailed but it. But that is exactly like, what no, it is. No, it's that. Yeah. That so, is exactly so to what me it is. to continue that example, it would be how can I feel good while feeling lonely? Right? Or just how can I feel lonely? Like, well, I feel lonely. Okay. Dope. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Okay. This is teaching me a lot about aloneness. And there's a difference between loneliness and aloneness. This is teaching me to be happy alone. I have so much free time now. You know, like, wow, I feel something. That's interesting. Yeah. Like, huh. And, and I think we often, you know, externalize or, or we seek these things of like, I'll be happy when. Or like, yeah. if I only had a boyfriend, then I wouldn't be lonely. And you're like... No, there's a lot of lonely fucking people who are married. Yeah. Period. Yeah. Like, there's a lot of lonely people who have boyfriends. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Like, that's just... I would go so far as to say most that I know. Most that you know. Having someone doesn't fix anything. Yeah. The new car, the new outfit, the money in the bank, more followers yeah. online. Yeah, so, so it's funny now, now, now that we've gotten here, I start almost every class that I teach as in, in one specific way, I tell people to imagine their perfect life. We've all closed our eyes now. Mm. Imagine your perfect life. I'm talking about everything you have, don't have. What does it look like? I want you to see that image. I want you to play around in that world for a moment, right? Mm. And you see everyone, you know, you see these little smiles perk up. Mm -hmm. You see everyone's eyes closed. You see like maybe like a little giddiness. I like, you know, look, if you don't want that, if you need 17 Lamborghinis in your life, put that in your picture right, right. now. Like, see what does it all look like? 
Now, if that dream, if the attainment of that dream brought you feelings of anxiety, stress, suffering, pain, and all those feelings that are your least favorite, would you still want it? I really want to know. I'm like, listen, the answer for me has always been no. I can't get around it. But if anyone in here would rather have their dream, that image, if it literally means more suffering, you feel worse, can you raise your hand? No one ever raises their hand. Okay, so what we've clarified is it's not about the dream at all, right? It's about the feeling we think we will get when those things are there. So all we're doing here for this next hour is attacking the feeling directly. All we're doing is going after that feeling and using that as our guide and seeing what that does. And it's as simple as that for me. I'm always like, what does your life look like when you have that feeling already? Are you impenetrable? I mean, who fucking knows? Like, but mm. it and takes away everything you don't want. Mm -hmm. And it makes everything you have what you want. It's just, you know what I'm saying? It's, yeah. the, it's the ultimate hack. It's the ultimate of. hack. It's, it's like, if you felt it now, all those things will find you. Yeah. But if you're chasing those things, you'll never get to where you want to go. Completely. It's, it's like a, a paradoxical, weird kind of thing of, uh, I believe that you need to really want that life. That's okay. It's, yeah. it's, you can want those things, but you also simultaneously have to not care at all yeah. if you get there. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, you, you must chase, but not care if you catch. Absolutely. Like, my life's not over if I don't go to Six Flags tomorrow, right? It's not at all. But Six Flags is a playground with little adventures I could go on, great little fucking rides I can jump on, You'll right? Have fun. If I don't go, it doesn't affect my life. But if I go, it gives me another form of play, right? gives me some rides to jump on and jump off of. Mm -hmm. Those are what wants are to me. Wants are little rides. It's like, ooh, that'd be a dope ride. Ooh, that book, that career, that job, that girl, that'd be a dope ride. If that comes, sick. If it doesn't, I'm not sitting there like, I didn't get the six flags today. Yeah. No. If it doesn't come, also sick. Yeah. Like, Cool. That's Didn't get I that mean. thing. Yeah. That must mean Let me something. This. I'm sorry. Yeah, you could. It's that idea of uh, maybe. Like, oh, I didn't get that promotion. My life sucks. Maybe. Maybe you're going to get a better job next week. Yeah. Oh, my crush said no when I asked him out. My, I'm so upset. My world's over. You're like, maybe. Yeah. Maybe like, yeah. that guy's going to cheat on you next yeah, week. Yeah, completely. Like, you don't know. Completely. I'm like, awesome. Awesome. Like, oh, he turned you down. <laughs> Hell yeah. yeah. I mean, that's a perfect, that's an automatic filter for what you don't want. Yeah, we talked about this at a, this retreat I taught a while back of, of having like a mantra in those moments. Yeah. When life just comes at you with like a left hook. Yeah. And this one woman said her mantra was plot twist. So like I love that. something happened, she's like, plot twist. I love like, that. I love that. I have one. What, okay, what's your Life's name? the best. Life's the best. And listen, I've, I promise you, I say this so often, yeah. but 
I rarely ever say it in exuberant moments mm -hmm. when, you know, it's like it started years ago, like in the most traumatic, you know, whenever that shift was for some reason in my life where what used to destroy me and make me yell at the sky became yeah. gut laughter, you know, wherever, whenever that twist was, whenever that mm -hmm. happened, for some reason I was like, life is the best. <laughs> While I'm like, I've been torn apart and I'm homeless and I'm sleeping outside under a tree and I'm like, <laughs> life is the best, right? Mm -hmm. But it became this thing where whenever things were the shittiest or something happened mm -hmm. or like, you know, I was just denied or rejected or dejected, you know, whatever it may be, oh, yo, life is the best. And it's become so automatic. Mm -hmm. It's become this thing I can't even help but come out of me. It's like if I walk outside right now and my motorcycle's towed, I promise the first thing that will come to my mind is a smile and a thought of life is the best. <laughs> it's, I can't help it. I can't help it. Mm. It's plot twist. It's plot exactly twist. what it is. It's that. You've, you've trained yourself to go there. Yeah, yeah, right? completely, completely. Versus like, wallowing and yeah. being sad and angry and fighting reality completely You're like and it's a great practice yeah and it, but basically the other side of that is i'm gonna put on my boxing gloves and fight reality right now yeah and yeah. i'm gonna go Good luck. i'm gonna go 12 years instead of 12 rounds <laughs> yeah. like i'm gonna hold on to that trauma for exactly. forever exactly. versus being like fuck exactly fuck and life it, is the best it's funny it's like if we put it in extreme circumstances it's so much easier to grasp. Like, I don't have a fin for a leg, right? It's true. If I were to wake up in the morning and honestly believe and entertain thoughts that I should have a fin for a leg, I can see very clearly I'm a fucking idiot. I will never grow one. It's mm. never going to be there. Like, I don't have whiskers. That is, exactly, exactly. Ah. If that actually creates suffering in you, you're the fucking problem. I'm sorry. Like, that is way too real. It's way too clear. Mm. But we don't, when it's not something so clear, I like when that. it's something that other people have, something we can compare to, it becomes different. We don't see it as clearly. We don't see that reality is the only option, mm. you know? Yeah. So. It's like, I should have more vacation days. Yeah. I should have more money in the bank. I yeah. should have yeah. a, a hotter husband. How do you know you shouldn't? Yeah. Because you don't. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? To me, it's literally it's as simple as that. It's like, how do I know I should not be wealthier than, than I am right now? Because I'm not. To put a should on it is literally... It's, it's literally trying to look at the sky and say, the sky is bright orange. That's even a bad example. Sometimes it is Should orange. Should be bright orange. Sometimes it is orange, right? Yeah. But I just mean that it, it's such an inarguability. You can't, you, you just- It's fruitless. It's absolutely frivolous, fruitless. Will, you will never win that argument. You will absolutely never win that argument. And it's good to add as well that that doesn't mean that must remain that way. Mm. Me not having someone right now, if that's my reality, that is my best starting point moving forward, period. But that doesn't mean I should never have someone. Mm. 
Or that I'm not worthy. Of or that I'm not worthy. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Just because I embraced that I got fucked up last night, and I'm like, that's exactly what should have happened because it did, doesn't mean I create a rule now. I must get fucked up tonight too. Mm-hmm. That's not what we're saying. Yeah. We're talking only about reality as it moves, life as it goes. How do you know when you should have someone? You'll have someone. You know? You're ready. Yeah. That's when you're ready. Yeah. Man, I feel like we could talk for about six hours. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. For sure. <laughs> um, we haven't talked at all about some of the things I thought we would talk about, like meditation, breath Like when I was driving here, I was yeah, like, yeah. oh, you'll probably talk about meditation, breath yeah. work. That's cool. And uh, and I even I had this idea of, because I, I hadn't met you in, in real life, <laughs> and I, I was just zoning out in traffic, and I had this visual of if... If a like a tarot deck was like was meditating on a cushion, like a tarot deck in a in a room just meditating, and there's like a knock at the door, and standing at the door is like a pack of cigarettes wearing a leather jacket, <laughs> and that somehow they had a one night stand. They would like make you. That's how I visualize that feels you. Wildly accurate, actually. <laughs> it does. It does. That feels wildly and I, accurate. And then my second thought was kind of like. No idea where this conversation is going to go with this dude. Yeah. We could go so many ways. But uh, I'm conscious of your time. I'm conscious of uh, you having an opportunity to just say anything we haven't covered. Where people can find you. Like, I know you teach classes all around. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm working on opening a, a kind of retreat center space right now. Which there isn't too much to talk about at the time. But it'll be local. Uh, likely in Topanga. Um, but Instagram... Best place to find, connect, obviously keep up with what it is that I do and when I'm doing it. Yeah. Um, so what, that's. What's your Instagram? B R Y A N X E L L I S. Brian X Ellis. Um, and yeah, you can reach me on there. I, you know, I, I always share when I have events, um, things of that nature. But yeah, it's funny. I, I, I maybe thought we were going to talk about some of the same things, but. I don't... Next time, man. I don't fucking... T- like, I don't... <laughs> most people, when they ask me, or when they say to me, like, I-, I know I should really meditate more, I'm like, why? They're like, what do you mean? You're a meditation teacher. I'm like, so? Like, I like doing it. Like, if, mm. if you're not drawn to it, why do it? Well, because I want to be more peaceful and calm. So maybe the first place we start is addressing this dialogue. I should be meditating more. Mm. Maybe that's more of a source of the problem that I think I should be doing something that I'm not doing rather than the actual. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, it goes back to acceptance. Completely. Completely. Right? Although in saying that, yeah. I do think everybody should meditate. I'm, I, I'm, I'm, my ego is just like, I've had so much benefit. And, and that doesn't mean sit on a fucking cushion. Yeah. That might mean bake. Go painting. Yeah. Go for a walk on the beach. Yeah. Like, get Completely. still, get present, get Completely. now. Completely. Because that, to me, is is living. Listen, I, I wholeheartedly agree that everyone who meditates gets probably closer to what it is thereafter. I find it extremely beneficial. Mm. I find it extremely helpful for myself, for sure. I support it. Yeah. Do I think everyone should? Everyone who wants to, I think should. For fucking sure. Do I think it's an amazing tool? Absolutely. Mm. But you know, I know people who have meditated for 20 years who... Assholes? Assholes. 
<laughs> you know, it's still a 30-minute twice-a-day escape. Mm. Or, or it becomes a chore. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Like, oh, I have to go to the gym for an hour. Oh, yeah. I have to paint for an hour. Yeah. Right? We get stuck in these rigid mindsets of, of scheduling and yeah. time management. And, and so for me, meditation might mean... I can just go watch a movie for an hour. Like, for sure. Just be totally wrapped into that for sure. experience. For sure. That actually, it's funny, that can be extremely beneficial. Mm. If you're capable of giving your attention and fully engaging with a movie mm. for an hour and a half, yeah. that can be more beneficial for sure than reading a book where you're looking at your phone every 45 seconds instead of being engaged in the book. Mm. You know, it's really about your level of engagement, your your ability to to be nakedly right where you are and fully immersed in it. Mm. But yeah, if if your twice a day meditation practice isn't making your life more meditative, it's a fucking drug like everything else. Yeah. Uh, what's your edge right now? Um, my edge right now, still in this co-creation thing, this with life. Yeah, with life um, pursuits. You know, I'm I'm just now again learning to have fun with possibility, with potential, with building things, with creating things. You know, I was in a long legal battle for years to get out of my last record deal, so I couldn't do what I thought was my calling. I couldn't put out music, things like that. I, my edge right now is learning to come back from the extreme acceptance. I'm now moving back towards the playground of life. Mm. And what can I create? What, what do I want to yeah. form and fix? Like you mentioned that retreat space. Yeah. I imagine that that might have taken some work to accept that you actually want to do that. Completely. Because it's like, well, that's random and weird and crazy Completely. and scary. Listen, it's been in my mind for 10 years. You're like, that's not in the story. I'm supposed to be a musician. I'm supposed to Absolutely. be a meditation teacher. Absolutely. And it's, it's contrary to what many people around me even feel. Like, there are people who are like, you should be focusing on your music. That's what you're meant to do. You're like, you don't know that. Yeah. You don't know that. Yeah. Yeah. What I do know is that... And that, like, that may have been true for those 10 years. Absolutely. It is what I was supposed to do. I did it. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> I did it, right? Like, I can't argue with that. Yeah, and, it's, and now there's this. Yeah, absolutely. Different chapter. Absolutely. And I, you know, I'm, I'm happy putting out music when and how I can. But what I do know is I only ever really actually wanted to become a rock star so I could have the freedom to have a fucking place where I could go do whatever I, yeah, exactly. Like that's, I like community. I like, I like development. I like, I like that riding the mystery and experimenting and, and that conscious experimentation. That's fun to me. That's real fun to me. Mm. I never wanted to, I don't want to live the rock star life. I don't. I want to do a show here and there when I want to put out music when I want to. That's it. Sounds good, man. Yeah. Uh, what, what's uh, to the to the listener listening right now? Yeah. Final bit of wisdom or praise, compliment, kind word. Yeah, yeah. I don't know why this makes me want to say this. You know, you know Krishnamurti. I've heard the so Jiddu Krishnamurti. He was 
praised as one of the most you know potent spiritual teachers of our time. You know, he was supposed to be the second coming, then he rejected all of it and was like, "Fuck gurus, fuck this. Like, let's just learn together." Right. Mm. Um, one of his last lectures before he died, he was like, "During this lecture, I'm going to tell everyone the secret, my secret." And we're talking someone who's written 40 books and who, like, had followers for 40 years and, like, like everyone is on edge, right? They're like, oh, my God, he's going to reveal it tonight. And at the end of the, the lecture, he's like, you want to know what my secret is? And, you know, everyone's on edge. He's like, I don't mind what happens. And to me, bro, that's all of it. Like... That's the whole fucking thing. I don't mind what happens. Um, so that's what I would want to leave people with. I'd also like to say I, I love talking to you, bro. I, like, I love your page. I love everything you post. I love your podcast. I loved your conversation with Jade specifically, which is what, you know, something that really, she's special as fuck, man. She's yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Thank I'm really you. happy you, you came and talked. Thank you, man. Yeah. You beat me to it. I usually uh, end with some compliments for the yes. Well, Dude, that. this was fun, man. Yeah, it was. It felt like so easy. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. <laughs> like, oh yeah, we're doing a thing right now. For now, yeah. we're doing a podcast. Yeah. But yeah, man, super, um, super grateful you invited me into your house. For sure. And um, and I got to meet your three-legged cat. Yeah, right, right. Which Lady, is, where are you at? Yeah, she's a tripod. Which is a real thing. But yeah, man, thank you for, uh, for what you do. I'm stoked to take one of your classes one day. For sure, for sure. And so you're welcome anytime, for sure. Awesome, brother. Great. Cheers, man. Cheers. Just smash the podcast, dude. All how right. You, how do you feel? I feel great. Woo-wee. What the hell was that? That was a wild ride, right? Brian Ellis is no joke. That man is a very interesting and thought-provoking human being. I encourage you to check his stuff out. He is on the Instagram. He's on the internet. I've included links to all of his stuff in the show notes. And do get a chance, if you're in L.A. or somewhere that he is, go and check out his breath work. I have been told that he is like a magician, sage, voodoo, craftsman of the soul, or whatever that means. But anyway, I love you. I appreciate you listening. Thank you so much for your time. It is very meaningful that you do listen and support this podcast. If you would like to share it with a friend or on your social media That helps me to spread the word, to get some more positivity out into the world, and it helps me to attract guests. Please, 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 just leave a little five-star review if you liked it. And until next time, keep smiling, you know? Life isn't that bad. We're on a giant sphere hovering around a fireball in the middle of vast, infinite nothingness. We're doing okay. You are doing okay. And I just adore you.